The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. Welcome to Board with Video Games, the gaming podcast that strives for the right balance of coverage for games you play on your table and on your television. We're a proud member of the PSVG Podcast Network and thrilled to be part of the Dice Tower Network as well. I am one of your hosts, Kyle Hyman, and joining me on this co-op adventure, the person who I really enjoy but forgot to change the intro part of it, so I'm just going to say his name, Josh Borboni. <laughs> How are you doing this evening? Ah, I'm tired, Kyle. I'm very tired. I took a nap before we started and I thought it would help in it. Certainly did not. <laughs> yeah, naps are for me always kind of that double-edged sword in the sense of it feels. I'm like, yeah, I really want to nap, and the act of napping feels good. Yeah, and then I wake up and I'm like, I'm just as tired as I was. Like, naps really are not refreshing to me. Yeah, it's also currently uh, eighty. Well, it was ninety-four here today, so I woke oh. up uh, just covered in just sweat. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, currently, Josh, it is 59 degrees here. Oh, that sounds so nice. <laughs> it is pretty great. Uh, and this weekend, it was pretty much that the whole time. I actually got into like the upper 30s at night. Oh, yeah. yeah. We have 90 degree days yesterday and today. So it's been yeah. uh, fr- and it's going to go back down to 60 something tomorrow. So it's just been rough. Like, come on. Uh, yeah, we're in, why? The, <laughs> we're in the 50s and 60s for high all week this week, and then we're back in the 80s for the weekend, this coming weekend. So that's still, I mean, that's warm, at least this weekend. Like, that's still warm for spring. Like, this is nuts. Like, just come on, chill out, spring. <laughs> so, yeah, so I, I was able to get quite a bit of work done outside. Mm. Uh, but, Josh, when you, for your weekends, mm-hmm. this is a conversation I've been having with my partner because every time I go to work, like on Monday, and I ask people, like, what'd you do this weekend? They're like, well, you know, not much. Like, you know, I have a couple of coworkers who have kids. They're like, oh, yeah, like, we went to the farmer's market and then went and got coffee and then, like, went into the park and read a book and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay. But, like, I mean, yesterday, like, I worked outside, like, almost all day. And then when that was done, came inside, ate dinner, and then made a grocery list and did laundry. And I'm like, how do people just be like, <laughs> I didn't do anything? I'm like, how, how, how does that work? I don't understand sure. how that works. Josh. When you're on your, for your weekends, would you say that you don't do anything or do you have a lot of things that you do? Uh, I'm always busy on the weekends. It's different here because um, uh, my wife is only home Saturday. Like, right. We don't, we're not, we don't, she works 12 hour shift Sunday, usually longer. So I don't ever see her on Sunday. So it's like a weird definition of a weekend. Yeah, um, for sure. So Saturdays, unfortunately, Saturdays, is like more of like uh, it's difficult to explain. Uh, Saturdays are rough because they should be enjoyable, but we're always trying to cram everything in. Right on a Saturday, grocery store, Target, what like whatever else. Um, and, and you know sometimes we don't want to do that. <laughs> I know, uh, right? And then that makes it more difficult because then it's like okay, then so Sunday. I go to the market without her and then it's it's like what did I miss like what am, what did I screw up is what Sundays become. <laughs> <laughs> uh 
And usually I won't hear about it until Monday when she doesn't have what she needed on Monday because uh, I didn't see her Sunday. <laughs> right, right, right. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Since I guess I can use the pandemic as a, a convenient excuse, but since the pandemic, I really don't, I just lost track of time. Time is really this weird thing that I never got back. I, mm-hmm. I don't have a consistency now. Um, and now, and my work schedule is all over the place. I've yeah. been working. I've been working at six a.m., well, five a.m., five a.m., five thirty a.m. for the past two weeks, and at least for two more weeks, and then we jump into summer work in four weeks. So I'll still be working six or seven a.m. Uh, for until August. So, and then maybe I'll go back to eleven to seven. I'm not even really sure. Uh, uh, yeah, it sucks. I hate it, but it is is what it is. Um, and I know that wasn't the question you asked. No, it's okay. (laughs) Uh, but what's working six to two, it makes it a little bit easier to get chores done during the week, which is not normally something I can do. Yeah. So it's a little bit easier to like spread them out over the week currently, but it's not, I'm not really working six to two. I'm stuck with all this overtime. Mm -hmm. So I'm working six to five every day. Yeah. And then when I get home, I don't want to do anything because I just worked an 11 hour shift for five days straight. Right. So uh, <laughs> what do I do with myself? <laughs> so, yeah, it's 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 been rough, which is what, what, when we get into what we've been playing, it'll be very easy to explain uh, what I do with myself after I get home from work. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what happened, Josh, because it used to be that I would get home and I don't know what happened. I just really similar to kind of what you're saying. It's like, I don't just want to do anything at night anymore because mm-hmm. by the time we get done and I, I don't know, like, I don't know if this is traditional, but I have about a 30 minute commute. So it's not horrible by any means. Yeah. But you know, I get off work anytime between four 30 and five, like technically I'm off at four 30, but I'm one of those people who I'm like, I don't want any emails sitting in my inbox. Like when I leave work, so sure. I just work until they're done. And then, so, you know, I'm usually up by five at the very latest, get home, you know, five 30 at the latest, like okay i gotta let the dogs out gotta feed them blah 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 blah. and then it's like okay making dinner like we actually cook dinner like every night um for the most part so then by the time dinner is done and dishes are done and all that stuff it's like 7 30 so i'm like i really don't want to do anything anymore <laughs> like you know like i hear you so and i could there's really no reason why i can't it's only 7 30 i'm not gonna go to bed for a while still yeah but yeah, I don't know what it is. Just really hit that time, and I'm like, I don't really feel like doing anything. I just want to sit here and look at something on television, probably something that I've already watched. Yeah, I probably don't even want to watch something new because mm-hmm. I want to know what's going to happen. Like, I yeah. don't know. Where were like, where are you watching How I Met Your Mother for like the hundredth time? I totally understand what you're saying. Yeah, and I just, <laughs> you know, I like watch all these when you're scrolling through social media and stuff. You see all like these motivational things, and we actually had a conversation today in the car. About like, would you want to know when you're going to die or not? Like, is that a thing that you, if you knew, no. like, if given the option, <laughs> would you want to know? And I was like, no, absolutely not. Um, I would make so and, many terrible decisions if I did I know. know. That's what I'm <laughs> saying. I would be, I would, oh man, like I would be like, I'd be a bad that, human. I would be a bad person. Honestly. I probably would be too. I probably would be too. <laughs> like, and maybe that says something about me. I don't know, but like, if they're like, and it would be different. I think if it like whenever people talk about that they always you know say it when like well yeah you know when i die in 30 years or 40 years or 50 years i'm like what if they tell you it's going to be a year one year am i going to work ever again 
you no, know, you like would quit, <laughs> you know, like, what am I going to do with that time? And then here's the other thing. And this is the thing I think about all the time with it. Like, they're like, oh, you're going to die at what time? Right. And then so let's say they say it's a year and you're like, OK, I'm going to die in one year from today. And then you wake up on that day and you feel totally fine. Yeah. You're like some horrible accident is going to happen to me at some how's point it, today. How's it going to happen? Yeah. <laughs> like I could not handle that. I if you are equipped to to manage that out there, listener, more props to you. But I could not handle that. <laughs> so, but yeah, I don't. I don't know. Ugh. Anyway, but that was like we were talking about. Like we're just like doing all this stuff on these weekends, and we're like, does it matter? Like who yeah. cares? Right? Like. We're doing this landscape project, and then the question is like, why? Like, why are we doing it? Like, will it really make <laughs> us feel like better about our house and give our like give us more enjoyment from our home? Right? Like, yeah. it's just so weird trying to figure out like how we should be spending our time more efficiently or all this stuff. That's why we finally are going on vacation in September. Yeah, October. we've never been on vacation really. So, but I mean, it's not as cool as going on the dice tower cruise. But no, it's not. It's definitely not as cool. I mean, it's it's cooler. <laughs> You're going to Disney. That's cool. So, uh, okay. Well, that was like a uh, kind of, that was like the pre- That was like a, hey, everyone, we hate our lives. (laughs) We're having an existential crisis (laughs) right now. Please listen to us. Maybe it's a a midlife crisis. I don't know. Who knows? Uh, Sure. Yeah. I think it'd be a little more dramatic. I think it'd be a little more dramatic if it was a midlife crisis. But then that would mean that we, hey, we have a solid 40 years left. So we don't have to worry about dying God, in the year. Kyle, I hope I'm past my midlife. I really do. I don't want to live another 40 years. Oh, man. It might be great. You never know. I mean, things are going no, so well. I can promise years. you that it probably won't be. <laughs> Inflation's ridiculous. Nobody can buy baby formula. Things are great. Things are so yeah. good. Yeah. Okay, Josh. Well, on a happier <laughs> note then, <laughs> for our actual pregame topic this week, Josh, what are the next five songs in your mix on any preferred music service? Okay. So whether you use Spotify, YouTube, YouTube Music, or just even just like your YouTube mix, whatever service you want to pick, Josh, what are the next five? And obviously, if you use Spotify, you can pick any of your daily mixes that you want to. Yeah, there's so many options. I do use Spotify. I, I have Daily Mix 1, 2, like 3, six. 4, 5, 6. Yeah. Uh, if I could just go to Daily Mix 1, knowing that I listen to kids' music on my Spotify... By that the you way. would that that's fine. You can you can customize this a little more frequently if you want to than that. That's um, up to you. My daily mix number one, in the top five songs. We have yep. um eight by Billie Eilish. Over those hills from Haley Williams. Uh Saturdays featuring Haim from Twin Shadow. Uh Solar Power by Lord. Um, and Silk Chiffon by um, Mana and Phoebe Bridgers. Those are my top five. So what do you think your top five says about you? I love um, female leads. It sounds like it for sure. Yeah. Uh, and that's not, that's a pretty accurate. Uh, 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 <laughs> statement about myself. I think if I look at, so if I look at my daily mix number two, I have, Love You Back by Metric. Bad Ones featuring Tegan and Sarah by Matthew Deere. There Will Be Time by Munford and Sons and Baba Meal. Paper Walls by Rez and Metric and Laid by the Pains of Being Pure at Heart. So, yeah. Uh, Not to be uh, left behind is When Your Mind's Made Up by Glenn Hansard and uh, Marquita Eregova from Eregova from. uh, once. So yeah, I love me a female lead. I love me a female featured band song. I've been listening to a lot of metric lately. Um, 
and I'm always listening to Billie Eilish and Lord and and Ash and Haley Williams and Hailstorm and Paramore and Evanescence. Like I just love a I love a female uh, lead. So I the, your not that they're not like different, but your daily mixes are far more similar than mine are. <laughs> like my I'm very mix- surprised Bluey's not in my daily mixes. It's uh, shocking, actually. <laughs> yeah, that's, and that's why I actually was gonna just use like my because like I will at work I sometimes fluctuate between listening to Spotify and just throwing like YouTube up in the background. Yeah. Um. So because like my daily mix one, like just as an example, daily mix one is, and I'm not gonna tell you the artist because that's that would be really hard to do. Um. But it's like the strength to make a stand from the Horizon Zero uh, Zero Dawn soundtrack. Oh no. Horizon is that zero dawn or forbidden west forbidden west from the forbidden west soundtrack mausoleum mausoleum mash shopkeeper from crypt of the necrodancer thicker than water from spider-man miles morales prologue from spider from horizon zero dawn yeah um and then the arkham city main theme like that's like my like daily mix one but yeah. then just for an example if i go to daily mix six it's Wait and Bleed by Slipknot, Tourniquet by Marilyn Manson, Feel by Metallica, <laughs> Hey Man, Nice Shot by Filter, and Blue Monday by Orgy. So, like, it's just such yeah. a, like, broadly diverse like, thing. Of, so, I'm like, it's really hard to just pick, like, a daily one and, like, go with it for me, at least. That's interesting. I, do. I don't listen to music at work. I only oh, listen to yeah. podcasts at work. Um, yeah. So, any music that I am listening to, it's on my own time. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I think speaks probably more to. I think if I, if it was work, I would listen to more like your first mix, like more like video game soundtracks and things like right. that. Something I can turn my brain off and listen to. Um, not that those are necessarily turning your brain off um, tracks, but like uh, something I am not missing. Like if I'm not paying attention to constantly. Yeah, because then like my my mix right now on YouTube, uh, the first five songs that if I just pull up my mix are Baby Metal Papa Ya. Christina Perry, Jar of Hearts, 10th Anniversary yeah. Acoustic. Interesting. Uh, so, <laughs> Social Animals, Best Years, Volbeat, Lola Montas, Live at Tinderbox. Yeah. Uh, and then Foo Fighters, Everlong. So, like, yeah. I mean, it's All a over pretty. The place. Yeah. So, I don't know. But, yeah. I don't know, man. I just, I always really think about that because at work every once in a while, people will be like, oh, let's recommend music to each other. And I listen to such drastically different music than my coworkers. Yeah. Like, so I was uh, just curious as to what people are listening to so but how many cool. podcasts are you up to at this point Car- <laughs> i'll be honest with you i kind of dropped off on a lot of the ones i listened to um when i started listening to you scary didn't watch mm-hmm. um i i do this thing that i do sometimes where i just kind of obsess over one specific thing so i listened to every single episode of that show Oh dang! Over two hundred episodes, dang! Just in the month that I've been a subscriber, so I kind of <laughs> put everything on the backtrack and listen to that show until it like become until it invades my dreams consistently, and I'm like, okay, I've hit my obsession level. Uh, time to take a break, but I would just take a break <laughs> for like a day. Um, so I'm actually pretty excited because I just got tickets to the Comedy Bang Bang um, podcast tour that's coming to Boston in August. So I'm pretty excited to go see that. But um, I would say my podcasts have only gotten more than I listen to. So I'm probably, I don't know, between 18 to 25 different podcasts that's that so... I have downloaded and ready to play at all times. Dang, that is so many. 
Yeah, sometimes you're just in the mood for like a smart list or a movie podcast or uh, like Reply All, which is like almost like a uh, think piece documentary type podcast. Like I got a whole bunch of things, but I think for me, my podcast listening is always focused on entertainment over anything else. Right. So I, whether I'm laughing or crying or like, it's kind of odd, like sweeping a room and having a teacher see you crying. (laughs) So I try to avoid that. Um, But sometimes it's unavoidable. Sometimes those things sneak up on you. (laughs) Um, But yeah. uh, um, Yeah. That's what I do all day. I listen to podcasts because it keeps me uh, motivated and keeps me sane. Um, I mean, I don't listen to a ton of, I definitely don't listen to as many as you do, but I do listen to them on my commute. Um, and I actually, I remember when you recommended smartless and it's kind of Mm. on my back burner to get to, and I finally started to listening to it. Um, and I've gotten all the way back to episode 79, which isn't too bad considering they're on 96 or something like that right now. And I've only been listening to it for like two weeks, plus still all my other podcasts. So I'm pretty happy with that. Like, that's a pretty good stab into that backlog though it is always funny to like listen backwards in time because they start talking about things that might happen you're like this already happened but that's always kind of weird but yeah so listener what are the next five five songs in your mix (laughs) on any mix that you'd like to go to whether it be a daily mix or your youtube playlist or whatever it might be we'd love to know um help us either discover new music or applaud your musical how cool you are based off your musical choices. Uh, we'd love to see it. So yeah, don't know. judge us, but we can judge you if you would like us to. Well, I was going to just say that's well, awesome. I wasn't going to judge, judge. <laughs> oh, you can't judge if us. If you want me to, I will. <laughs> <laughs> you can judge us. That's fine. So thanks for all, so much for joining us this week, everyone. As always, if you have any feedback, questions, or suggested topics, hit us up at Board with VG on Twitter or check out all the awesome stuff over on the Instagram, also Board with VG. We are proud to be part of the Place of Video Games podcast family, and we encourage you to check out all of the shows like the PSVG podcast, the Nintendo Shack, PSXP, and Dollar Cinema. Hey, which we're covering Gattaca this month. Um, you never know when a new show might pop up, so be sure to stay tuned to all of your favorite PSVG podcasts to stay up to date. We're also a member of the Dice Tower Podcast Network, so if you enjoy our conversations about board games and would like to dive deeper into that world, we encourage you to check out the Dice Tower Podcast archive as well as all of the other members of the network. No matter what type of board games you enjoy, there's a podcast on the network that's right for you. With that, Josh, you mentioned it might not be much, but what have you been playing, sir? It's not much, Kyle. I'll be honest with you. Uh, I'm still playing Disco Elysium on the Switch now at this point. I don't know how much I played more than since the last time we talked. Probably not a substantial amount, but uh, uh, yeah, I'm still getting I'm getting home and I'm cooking dinner. And then uh, I typically have maybe an hour to myself before we get into bed. So. Right. It feels weird. Uh, so I haven't really had a lot of time. So uh, Disco Elysium has gotten a little bit of my time. I did I did download a bunch of games on Game Pass. I just haven't played them uh, yet. <laughs> um, and then uh, for my homework, which I guess uh, is spoilers, uh, I did play it. I did my homework. I played Truck to Yomi. Yomi? Did I spell it right? Yep, that is right. Um. A bit more, maybe more than a bit more. I played it for a good chunk, but I do want to play more, which is, I guess, a good thing for the game. Um, it's very interesting. I don't. I'm not going to say that I love it. I think it's fine, mm-hmm. uh, but I really think what it it borrows a lot from a game that we've that I've talked about a lot on this podcast, which is Bushido Blade. Yeah, um, something that I've really been like wanting a. Like for for honor was has like shades of Bushido Blade as well. I've really just been clamoring for this sword duel game from PlayStation's 
it's PlayStation one, PlayStation one, PlayStation two days. Um, it definitely has some feelings of that. I feel like it's a little bit easier than what I think it should be, but I also, I'm happy that it's not a souls born Souls style difficulty game. Right. It definitely has like also a little bit of glimpses of souls as well, as far as parrying and combat styles and running into bad guys with armor, but essentially it's a side scrolling, uh, at points, 3d, um, adventure a- action adventure game i guess where you're going through um the story about it's not too cra- it's not too dissimilar to sifu where or even ghost of tsushima where your mentor um meets a untimely end and you're kind of not left to pick up the pieces but you're choosing to pick up the pieces uh um to honor your master Oh, yeah. I don't even remember if it's his master per se, but this person who trained you and means a lot to you um, in a familial sort of way. And yeah, it does one of those leap forwards from child to adult. Um, I'll be honest with you, the story is not really sticking with me. I know like okay. a very plain story of it, uh, but where it really comes down to where the game shines is the combat and the... Um, the the uh what's the direction the game takes because when you're dealing with a game that really is kind of like this side scrolling uh kind of game you don't necessarily need artistic approaches to scenery or the way you're you're playing through the game but really there's uh foreground and background focuses during uh, uh duels i guess we'll call them and People come out of the backgrounds that you didn't expect to see. There was like a scene where I was crossing a bridge and I thought that was really cool on its own. But then all of a sudden, like as I'm crossing the bridge, there's something in the foreground that overshadows what's going on in the game. And you're still in combat. So like now you see something happening like right in front of your face, camera wise, but obviously not in the game. So I think like, is cinematography and game a thing? Because the cinematography oh, yeah. of this game is very good. Yeah, 100%. Um, so I enjoy it. I want to play more of it. Um, just finding the time. That's all. I'm just having a tough time uh, managing time, and and it shows because those are literally the only two things I've done in the past week, game wise. <laughs> That's okay. You know, being an adult is dumb. <laughs> There's that. I agree. Viral this is dumb. <laughs> There's that viral TikTok about like once you hit your 30s, like. You finally have all the time to game, but or you have, finally have all the money to game, but no time, <laughs> and it kind of stinks. Because uh, yeah. Josh, did you see what is on sale this week on the PlayStation Store? There's a whole bunch of stuff on sale on the PlayStation Store. I know, but Star did you see week. specifically what is on sale this week on the PlayStation Store this weekend, Josh? I guess not. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I guess no. I don't know. Josh, Stranger of Paradise, Final Fantasy Origin. Oh, <laughs> I did, but it's only like forty-four <laughs> bucks. It's not a real sale. That's twenty five percent off. Anything twenty percent or more is a real sale, Josh. For you, maybe. Don't buy it. Just wait. Did you play the demo? No, I didn't. It's I guess not worth forty five dollars. <laughs> okay, okay, we'll see. Well, because speaking of which, uh, don't do it. I I haven't done it yet. I know, but you just it. said we'll see after I said that. Okay, <laughs> which means you're gonna buy it. <laughs> well, I still have two other. Me- no, I have way more than that to play. Actually, I was about to buy it, and then I, um, my 
Overwatch folks were like, hey, do we want to play something other than Overwatch? And I was like, you know, what do you want to play? And they're like, let's look at playing Tribes of Midgard. I saw you and, downloaded that. Yeah, and I was like, oh, I'd have to re-download it. So then we ended up playing Overwatch. Uh, well, I downloaded it, but it took that took like three minutes. But yeah, <laughs> they were like, well, we're playing Overwatch now. But anyway, uh, so while I was doing that, um, I was flipping through and uh, my library to kind of get the Tribes of Midgard. And I saw all these other games that I still have that I want to play that I should play. And then I was like, okay, I really cannot justify buying Strangers of Paradise right now. Like, I just can't. No matter how much I want to, I cannot justify it. Especially because I'd probably play it for two hours and then never play it again. So, for now at least, it will not be purchased. But Sounds like a good idea. It was, I it. saw it was on sale, Josh, and I was like, oh my gosh. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, for the most part, all I've really been playing is Dying Light 2. Uh, I haven't gotten that much further in it. I've only probably played for another two to three hours. Uh, but, I mean, I barely have gotten to the part where like the world totally opens up to you. Like I have not gotten very, very far at all. The one thing I will say, though, is overall, like, the characters I don't mind. Like, the voice acting, I'm a little, like, ah, some of the characters are good, some are not so good. Uh, I do kind of, I really like the world and the sense of place that it creates. The tension is very palpable, like, especially when at night and when you're, or when you're trying to sneak through buildings that are full of, of the zombies and you're trying to, like, be quiet and stay low and, and get by them. Though I've discovered that, uh, and maybe this won't happen later, if you just run, like, most of the areas, at least so far, have had, like, little things you have to crawl under to like get out of them so if you just run and get to that crawl under spot you're fine uh so far that might not stay that way but right now so maybe this is a bad habit i'm getting myself into uh but the one thing i really don't like about this game josh and this is kind of shocking for me because i don't say this about games very often usually i'm a huge fan of this portion of most games or i think it's at least serviceable i do not like the music in this game josh like i actively dislike it like the the music that they use to try to set the tone is really grating to me. So if, if the, I can understand what they're going for. And I feel like they're trying to create this like palpable tension, like in the area. Yeah. But I just find it annoying. Like I, 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 and I don't want to speak poorly of like the people who compose it. Cause I'm sure they worked very, very hard on it, but for whatever reason, it just does not work for me. And I want to just change, turn the music off. Like I just don't like it. Uh, and like I said, I don't, I can't think of another time in a game really that I've ever felt that way, like this strongly about it, that we get, and maybe it's just the way that it's mixed in with these points that are supposed to create tension. I, it, I just find it distracting. Like, I'm like, this is not servicing or, or doing what you're thinking or trying to do with it for me at least. Um, so yeah, I don't know if others have that opinion or, or that feeling on it. Just something I'm not a huge fan of uh, in that game, but. I'm I'm gonna plan to keep playing Dying Light too. Like I said, the controls are fun. Like I, I've gotten pretty used to it at this point, jumping on R1 and kind of doing all of that stuff. So I'm having a good time with it. I, I I don't know. The other thing that really bothers me about this game is so nitpicky. So just ignore this if you want to. Whenever Aiden searches like a bag or something, when they go to search, their hands go like straight up and they like pat at the thing like <laughs> while they're searching, and it yeah. just bothers me i don't know why but their hands are just like completely vertical and they're like i don't know why it is very odd to me um again these are nits right this in general i think if i was loving this game these wouldn't be as big of a deal to me um since i'm like like i like the game but it hasn't quite sunk its teeth into me yet maybe if I, but i'm gonna keep playing like i'm still enjoying enough to keep playing maybe it'll get to a point where these will be kind of those like charming things about a game that i really like that i know recognize aren't great maybe sure uh, but right now i haven't quite gotten to that love part of the game yet that i love the game so 
I'm like, ah, oh, and then look at this. And it's just kind of so all these things are just slowly adding up. But like I said, overall, I'm going to keep playing. Um, I, I Like I said, I think the the world that they've created is pretty cool. Um, and so far, the combat works pretty well for me. Like, I, I know that there was <clears throat> some feedback when the game first came out that, you know, first person melee combat is hard. And it is. Um, but so far, for the most part, once I've gotten used to the controls, um, it's felt pretty responsive. Like, there hasn't been many situations where I'm like, how did I not hit that guy or how did that person hit me when I was blocking? Like I, like that really hasn't happened for the most part. So overall, not too bad. Uh, other than that, Josh, I didn't even play my homework game. I'm bad. I played like overwatch one night. Oh, and that's for it. shame. That's, that's all I've done. <laughs> I played like two hours of dying light Two, And I played like 90 minutes of overwatch one night. And that's all I've done. So I'm a, I'm a big fat failure when it comes to what I've been playing. Um, but I'll get better. It's almost summer, summer school is over. <laughs> Don't make promises you can't keep. <laughs> I'm gonna try real hard to get better about it. Like I, that's okay. Like it's one of those things though that I want to be better about it, and that's the thing that's weird. But I just am not right now, and it's kind of. I'm not gonna sit here and judge you for not playing a game. Uh, I also have me. that game downloaded, and I haven't even opened it. So yeah, it's okay. You can judge I get me. It. You can judge me. It's fine. I would never. Awesome. Okay, so with that, Josh, let's kind of transition and talk a little bit about the news mm. and topics and all that good stuff. So, what's your first topic for us this week? <laughs> Well, I have a bunch. I have a bunch. We'll do some quick hits. There's been Let's a, do it. not a lot of substantial uh, board game news. So there's some quick hits we got here. Uh, my thunderstorm is here. So uh, oh, nice. if, if you lose me, you know okay. what? Hopefully it drops this temperature. Uh, uh, I I don't know if I'm going to open these uh, links that I have here in the order I have them here. So just, okay. uh, I'll just follow hold your lead. on to your butts. Uh, Horrible Guild unveils Evergreen. Uh, Horrible Guild is a board game company that uh, you may know from Potion Explosion, uh, etc. This is their abstract strategy game. It is coming out this year, Q4 of this year. Um, This game is designed by uh, Jalmar Hawk and formerly of Railroad Inc. I guess not formerly because Railroad Inc. is still putting out new versions of the game. Uh, where players are trying to make the planet greener by growing trees. Not an uncommon board game. Uh, uh, I almost said trope because that's becoming one, but theme. Um, where players will be planting sprouts to grow them into trees and place other natural elements into uh, the biome that you are playing in. Now, the game's engine revolves around card drafting and peace placement. Um, as how the plants are arranged, determine scoring, and the game is for one to four players, ages eight and up. It plays in 45 minutes, so uh, I'm just going to ask you at the end of each of these stories, unless you have more to add, is this a game that you are interested in checking out? Before I answer your question, Josh, yes. let me ask you a question. So in this story, <clears throat> it talks about Railroad story. Inc., right? So Yalmar Hawk is the, the, uh, was the designer of Railroad Inc. Yeah. He's also the designer of this little game called The King's Dilemma. This little game called The King's Dilemma, yes. People love King's Dilemma, right? So I've heard. Josh, this game is called Evergreen. Do you know what other game Hilmer Hawk designed? The King's Dilemma. In addition to The King's Dilemma. I'm going to guess photosynthesis. That is correct, Josh. So why are you (laughs) writing this story? Would you not be like, hey, the guy who designed photosynthesis about yeah. growing trees is making another game about growing trees? Like, let's, why wouldn't that yeah. be your story? Maybe let's lead off with this guy made a successful game about right. this topic already. So maybe you can trust him. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, 
you know, I do enjoy his games. I have never played Railroad Inc. Um, King's Dilemma has been a game that's been high on my list to get for a very long time. Yeah. Uh, because the, the, what everyone says about it is is high praise, right? People really, really like it. Yeah. Um, and Photosynthesis is a game that I really enjoy. I thought it was a very unique game um, and, and one that has a pretty cool table presence and, and really kind of brought you into um, and, and was a unique experience for what it was trying to do. Uh, so for me, yeah, I'm definitely interested in the game. Will I get it day one? I don't know. Um, but I'm definitely interested. The one thing I would have to know, though, is how many players do we think this game is going to be, Josh? One to four players. Oh, one to four players. Perfect. So then it will at least be on the to consider list. To consider yeah. list. Cool. All right. That's Evergreen. Quick hit number one. Number two, there is yet another Azul game coming to us uh this azul is actually i would say probably influenced by a different game that released an actual chocolate version of their game uh but we do have uh plan b has announced azul master chocolatier which is a new version of the classic thailand game which will release at essen this year uh the new version plays like the original but adds chocolate tiles instead of the porcelain ones They've also added an optional variant on the nine chocolate factory displays. It's a standalone, not an expansion, and is designed by Michael Kiesling. It supports two to four players. There's no MSRP, but I'm going to tell you it's going to be 40 bucks uh, <laughs> because I am a psychic, and I also know when I'm going to die. Uh, but yes, we've also seen other board games where they have uh, made games that, that are actual actual chocolate, not chocolate pieces, like fake chocolate pieces which are just, you know, meant to come out at around Valentine's Day, which is a weird board game industry push, <laughs> but yeah. it happens every year. Yeah. What about Azul Master Chocolatier? Do you need to own this? Does this need to be part of your Azul collection? Because I have an Azul collection and I have to add this to it. So do you, I mean, okay, so you have Azul and then I'm assuming you have Summer Pavilion and Stained Glass of Sintra? Uh, yes, and I need to get... Uh, the B one that just came out. Oh yeah. Oh, Queen's um, Gambit. <laughs> it's not Queen's Gambit. <laughs> the B one. Uh, <laughs> so I only have Azul. Yeah. It's the only one that I have. Um, Queen's Garden. Sure. Sure. Was, I don't, was that I the don't other know. one? I think. There's I think, also the, other, I think the other Azul new one's Queen's Garden. Expansion that I have too for base Azul. Uh, it's called Captivating Crystal Mosaic. Yes. Okay. I think it's, yeah. I think hmm. I think the other one is is Queen's. I mean, look at where our internet show with. <laughs> Why would we look it up? But anyway, uh, the internet uh, Queen's Garden. <laughs> okay, so like I said, uh, I only have a base Azul. I know that there is some people who um, are very adamant that especially Summer Pavilion is the best Azul. Um, some also say that oh, about Stained Glass of It's Sintra. very different. I would yeah, say. yeah, and I, and I know there are people who are like, if you have only one Azul that Summer Pavilion is the one to have. Um, sure. But I have base. That's the one I have. Uh, so yeah. I don't have a co collection of them. Uh, I don't know if I would get this one because I haven't gotten the other two. And I have like, I kind of just like base Azul. Like yeah. the fact that they're yep. different is great, but I have a lot of games kind of in this general sure. type of game. What I'm really sad about, I don't think maybe they're, they're not sad, but Michael Heasling, the, the designer, like he also made like Heaven and Ale and some other like really great games, and I feel yeah. like now all he can do is make variations on Azul. Like that's like all he's allowed to do. It seems these days. Yeah, he's the he's the new Rosenberg. 
So, so that's kind of my <laughs> one sad thing about it. But other than that, like, obviously, you're adding this to your Azul collection, Josh. Yeah, I, th- I think that uh, I would like to add it just from the looks of it alone. And it gives like the variety, right? Like, I, if I'm ever in a position again where I'm playing board games regularly, like if someone was like, hey, let's play Azul, I'm like, okay, cool. Let's, let's pick one of these versions instead of just like, let's play Stone Age. Okay. Stone Age, here it is. But thematically. This one, right. But this one pretty much just plays like Azul, doesn't it? Like it doesn't yeah, play like differently. Summer Pavilion, it might as well not even be called Azul. Right. Uh it's so different from Azul. So I agree with you. It's more like a reskin of Azul yeah. than anything else. But I just like I like that it has just a different theme. Yeah. Um it's kinda like you know, just playing like a different. It's like playing legendary, but not using the base game. Like, I hey, wonder, I know how legendary works, but we're gonna play Guardians of the Galaxy this time. Do you think this would be equivalent to playing like um, Century Spiders Road versus Century Golem Edition? Like, yes. is this the Golem Edition that's of Azul? That's a better comparison okay. than what I did. <laughs> okay. And like, obviously, like I love Golem Edition, so I, I can see that maybe that there is someone who this is. The it could better be better. For. Yeah, it yeah. could be better. Yeah. Okay, cool. Moving on. Uh, zoo animals try to escape in Kuzuka. It's a new deduction. Deduction, by the way. Deduction game by Pegasus Spiel. Uh, they released, so Pegasus Spiel is re- releasing Kazuka, a new deduction game coming August 31st. Uh, in in Kazuka, uh, players are trying to help zoo animals escape from an escape. Sorry, <laughs> that's not right. Uh, are trying to help zoo animals form an escape plan to break out. Uh, they receive new item cards each turn and use these cards to formulate an escape plan. On their turn, a player uh, will either propose a new escape or end a current escape. Think like maybe resistance. Um, at least that's how I'm reading it. Uh, they indicate how far they can get on the board to the other players by placing their player marker on the board. Uh, animals gain experience from each attempt, which gives them more cards for later rounds, and they also have special abilities they can use once a day. I'm sure that's uh, relative to game time, not real life. Yeah, uh, I hope so. The game includes uh, uh, about 96 cards, 120 wooden animal tokens, a uh, two-sided game board, 20 experience point markers, a star player megaphone, and two sets of rules. Uh, which I'm curious what those will be. The game is for two to six players. Plays in 30 to 45 minutes. It's going to be 40 bucks. Great price. Are you excited to try to escape a zoo collectively in a new detection game? Well, number one, the stylization of this name is really bothering me. That it's capital <laughs> K, underscore, lowercase u, and then capital Z-O-O, and then lowercase K. But then on... Uh, board game geek the last a is also capitalized so i don't know if that's what it's actually supposed to be yeah or not, the picture anyway. on the game box the a is also it, capitalized. yeah so oh man <laughs> anyway uh, i am not interested in this game josh um as someone who but it's animals i know and that's actually what i was just gonna say is i feel like we've gotten a lot of animal games lately like zoos and yeah things they know like what that you seem, want <laughs> i know they seem to be like kind of a theme that we're seeing more and more and more. And obviously I, you know, obviously I love Ark Nova and I really talked about liking Baron park and there, there are games like that that are related to zoos. I really do enjoy. Um, and even other animal games like um, uh, the rescue polar bears. Like I really enjoy that game. Uh, but this just doesn't really do much for me. Um, 
I know some people really love social deduction games or deduction games. Yeah. I like them, but I think that, you know, most of them for, at two players don't play super great. And I don't play with probably I would imagine this game is going to play best with like four or five or six. Right. And I just don't play with those size groups often enough to put this high on my list. Now, if someone else has it, would I play it? Absolutely. But it's not something I'm going to go seek out. What about you, Josh? I'm interested in it, but yes, uh, I I think I would be more interested if I regularly played with a lot of people, and that's not the right. case. Um, and I agree, social. I mean, social deduction games should never be allowed to be two players. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense uh, at all. Um, so, well, uh, yeah, in a situation it- where we currently always complain that a game that starts with three plus players are we're not p- interested in at all. Sometimes it's important to like make sure that that player count works. <laughs> right. Well, and it's um and it's not a social deduction game. It's just a deduction. Just game, deduction which is, in general. Yeah, yeah, which is a slight different thing because I think is this cooperative. I'm gonna guess it's cooperative. Yeah. There's the, yeah. Doesn't seem like there's like some type of antagonist at all, except for like the zoo itself. Yeah. But it is kind of like when you read when you read like the description from the publisher. It isn't easy being an, a zoo animal. The enclosures are far too small for your needs. The daily routine is boring, and the visitors to the zoo are too obnoxious. You decide you need to break out of the zoo. Ideally, within the next seven. Yeah, days. it's like, hey, let's depress you <laughs> before you start playing. Right, right. So yeah, so not high on my list, but we'll we'll see if if it gets good buzz. I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to it. Nice, that's a B pun. I like it. Uh, this one's for you. Uh, yeah. The Parks series hits the trails. I don't like who wrote that headline, but I get it. Uh, Keymaster, who released uh, uh, Parks, is releasing game uh, entitled Trails. It's a new hiking game. It's coming out next week. How cool is that? June 1st, uh, you can pick up uh, Trails in retail stores where players can once again explore the iconic U.S. landmarks and national parks in the newest game in the Parks series. Uh, this game features art from the 59 Parks print series uh, with both day and nighttime illustrations. In the game, players are off on a relaxing hike to collect acorns, spot wildlife, leave trash wrappers in the woods, pee on exotic plants, and wow. earn wild wilderness badges. Uh, people ruin of- nice things. Trails is for two to four players. It's ages 10 and up. It plays in 30 to 40 minutes. And it's only going to be 20 bucks, which is actually a great price. Considering, I think Parks goes for 50 retail. 40, 50? Right Something in, in there, park. yeah. Uh, a game I still want to pick up every time I'm at Target. I think of Kyle because I see. <laughs> I yeah, see it's so good. Parks is so good. Parks, and I, I just know how much you love it. So is this a no-brainer for you? Uh, this is definitely on the short list. Yes, this is a game that I have on the list to when I have time. Like I said, I mentioned to Josh before the recording. Just got Tokyo Highway for fifteen dollars. Had I not gotten that for what a steal! What a steal! That, that, that was a great. Deal I can't for that game. wait to hear your impressions from playing Tokyo that Highway. Game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, Trails is definitely kind of there. That twenty dollars price point is really, really attractive. Um, it's a you know light, quick game, uh, a little faster. I think it's supposed to be faster than Parks is, and Parks is a game that I absolutely adore. So yes, this is definitely on the short list. Uh, if I ever see it in a store when I'm walking around, I will immediately buy it. 
if I happen to next time I order board games, I will. This will kind of be always that game I check to be like, can I get the free shipping if I add trails? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, so this really I, it, it is definitely going to uh, be a pickup. It's just a matter of when. Nice, 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 nice. All right, last and certainly not least in the board game category. Keep changing my mess and it's driving me crazy. I talked about this last week. I kind of wish I talked about it uh, last week, but I remembered it's not very substantial in details, which is why I didn't cover it, which is why it's part of the quick hits. Asmodee announces Access Plus Studio. It's a new, whole new studio from Asmodee that will not be producing new games at all, <laughs> but uh, that is not a slight to the studio at all. In fact, um, Asmodee announcing Access Plus Studio uh, is great news for board games because it is a board game studio that is adapting Asmodee's hit titles, and we should probably put asterisks because it's Asmodee acquired hit games. Yeah. <laughs> um, that will be uh, more accessible to players with cognitive cognitive disabilities. Um, this studio is created based on clinical data gathered by Asmodee's research and development department, uh, uh, Asmodee Research. Uh, Access Plus games will be geared towards making Asmodee's games more accessible for patients with disabilities, their families, and caregivers. Uh, This is a quote from Asmodee themselves. Access Plus is launching because at Asmodee, we believe board games are universal. Of all, we can strive to make board games, uh, board gaming as inclusive and accessible as possible, uh, said uh, Stefane. Carville, who is the CEO of Asmodee. I'm sure I said Mr. or Mrs. Carville's first name wrong. <laughs> uh, as an industry leader, we're continuing our quotes. We want to create products that can truly make a difference in people's lives. Board gaming is social by nature, and Access Plus titles allow families and friends to reintroduce the fun of board gaming to their loved ones uh, with special needs, creating moments of happiness that can only come from shared experiences. End quote. Uh, the new studio uh, will start by adapting three titles uh, Spot It, uh, Access Plus, Cortex, Access Plus, and Timeline, Access Plus. Uh, these titles will be available in France, Belgium, and Canada in late 2022, and then everywhere else next year. Uh, I really um, n- like the Timeline series of games. So this mm-hmm. seems like. I think all three of these games like really fit nice and well. It's not uh, into this group of Access Plus games because it gives you a simple premise and a way to build on that. Um, and Timeline, if you've ever played like Chrononauts, it's not dissimilar to that where the game base like is like you're trying to arrange a proper timeline and with context clues. Um, I've heard Spotted is great. We've talked about how popular it is in Europe in the past. Right. Um, I'm unfamiliar with Cortex, but I'm, I'm sure like I have faith in them to put these games out. Uh, so Kyle, great news. Awesome news. Just news. What do you think about this news? I think this is awesome, Josh. Uh, we had the conversation one time and it, it was partially in jest, but partially this is kind of what I was thinking about when we were talking about, um, Oh, what game was it? Uh, but there was a dexterity game. And I was talking about like oh, whether yeah. or not you, could you like adjust a dexterity game to be able to be playable by someone who maybe 
um, had like limited fine motor skills or something like that, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. what could you do to make that happen? Um, and still like retain the essence of what the game is supposed to be or trying to do. And could you do that? And to me, I feel like that's exactly what this is trying to do is trying to take these games, make adjustments and changes to them so they're more accessible and there are options for additional people to be able to play them while still kind of maintaining the essence of what the game is, right? So I think this is awesome. You know, as it is a company that we talk a lot about, typically negatively about their poor customer service, mm-hmm. like they're just buying everyone. And obviously now they're owned by Embracer Group, but just they're not a company that usually they do something that I'm impressed by. And this right now impresses me. Now, how long will this last? That is the question that I, I wonder about because this is something kind of like Microsoft has shown is that you have to, like this is going to be a long term investment, right? Like Microsoft has done so much to try to create video, have video games and computing be accessible that I cannot imagine that it is making them much, if any, money, right? right. Like just with the all of the prefer- peripherals they've created, I can't imagine that that is something that is um, self sustaining. Um, but it is to them just something that is important and mission driven. So that is what they're doing. Yeah. So I hope this isn't just a let's get some positive press. I hope this is a commitment and that I hope they find a way to continue to do this and make it sustainable to and bring many, many more games into this program, because I think it's yeah. pretty darn awesome. So me too. What about you, Josh? What are your thoughts? I think it's great. You're right. We did talk about this uh, not too long ago. Um, and I also don't remember what game we were talking about. Uh uh, it was probably flip ships or something like that, but um, I agree with you. Uh, I don't think every game can be translated to right. uh, this format, but the fact that they have a whole dedicating a whole studio to probably what my guess is testing all these games to see if they can be translated to be more accessible um, to a demographic of people that transcend race mm-hmm. and gender um a demographic of people who just miss out on almost everything that everyone else gets to experience in so many different ways i think it's great i love it i love that it's also focusing on teaching families how to teach the games easier which we can all use at some points whether we're uh with disabled gamers or not like that's also just a in general great step to make rules more streamlined as well um but i can't even imagine like uh you can so i have a son he's five he's not disabled but at any point in his life something can happen and he could become disabled as well so i always unfortunately as a parent that's something that you always think of uh (laughs) whenever like life kind of happens so uh, knowing that there's people out there working to help people in these current situations or future situations just really makes me uh, feel better about people in general sometimes. So at least Asmodee, the least that they're doing is making me feel better about people. Yeah. <laughs> so I applaud them for for putting some effort into this as well. So um, good on them and great for disabled gamers. I'm very happy um, that they're at least getting the beginnings of an intro into not necessarily uh what's the right word ableist board games or yeah for sure um <laughs> i hmm, nah, i was like i have a story i could tell about this but i'm not going to we're just gonna move on uh any other quick <laughs> hit news stories josh uh you know what you did I, I didn't put this in here i was thinking about it 
We'll talk about it probably next week, but we did talk about King's Dilemma. And it should be noted that the Queen's Dilemma is just just about to hit Kickstarter. Uh, we don't have a date yet, but it looks like June is going to be the date. Um, so keep your eyes and ears peeled. Of course, I guess you don't have to because we'll talk about it next week. Uh, we have some, there's some information out more than when we talked about in the past for Queen's Dilemma, uh, but it's hitting Kickstarter in June, most likely, although they haven't given us a date. You can uh, save it as a notify me on launch if you would like to. Um, so that's exciting. And also, uh, I am over the moon that Restoration Games is launching a game found for unmatched storage solutions. Oh, that's uh, great. I, uh, I, and the, the game found will also include the ability to buy promo cards as well. Uh, I'm really happy with how the storage solution looks. If you're curious, just uh, probably Google Unmatched Game Found and you'll see it. But um, I'm pretty thrilled that I'll be able to talk about this soon as well because uh, Unmatched has really become a game that has quickly uh, become a huge, important part of my board game cabinet. Yeah, you definitely uh, are playing a lot of Unmatched. Yeah, I Um, love it. Oh. And I've only gotten to play with one of my game group people, and I think he loves it also, but I'm really hoping to expand it to more people um, that I actively play games with so that they can enjoy it as well. Uh, speaking of GameFound, though, Josh, uh, yeah. by the time this episode posts, or shortly after this episode posts, uh, the GameFound for Castles of Burgundy Special Edition will be launched. Oh, yes, I did see that was coming out too. Yeah. So if uh, Castles of Burgundy, which is an excellent, excellent game, um, is getting a special edition for I think ninety nine bucks, which is a bit pricey, but it includes all of the a it looks way better than the base game does, um, but it includes like all the expansions and stretch goals and all that good stuff. So uh, I am trying to decide because I definitely have Castles of Burgundy, so I'm trying to decide if I'm going to get a second copy of Castles of Burgundy. Do you um, have any games currently that you're kickstarting? Uh, I have games that I've not gotten, but I don't have anything that is actively running that. You don't I have any active ones? No, okay. but like I said, I have games that have finished that I have not received yet so did you back mall peak i did not i did okay, okay. all right i i currently have uh a couple going on i would have but erica did not was not a fan of um skull hollow so i was like well okay why am i then gonna get another game that she's not gonna play with me that makes sense so, yeah yeah um but I, I castle of burgundy i'm definitely thinking about um okay speaking of which games that are really good uh, Josh, my first topic is something I've been wanting to do for a while because it actually I saw someone do this like a year ago and then another actually bigger board game channel just did this recently. I was like, you know, I've been meaning to do this. So we're kind of copycatting, but I, I but it is what it is. Uh, <laughs> Josh, the Board Game Geek Top 100 is kind of a treasure trove of excellent, amazing games that people love and are well respected. But you know what? That doesn't mean all the games deserve to be there. So, Josh, <laughs> we are each going to we're each going to pick three games. Yeah, to kick out of the board game geek top one hundred. Easy, sound, no that, problem. No problem. Three games out of a hundred, Josh. Ninety-seven are staying, so we only have to remove three, right? I got. Yeah, this is gonna be easy. It's gonna be easy. So, my question for you, Josh, is: Do you have any idea what your first pick is, or would you like me to go first? Yeah, Brass Birmingham. Kick it off the list. <laughs> Why you can't you have Brass Birmingham? It's too high. It's number three for a game that I have never played and no one ever talks about. <laughs> 
I mean, I thought you might kick out Brass Lank. Nobody play. Nobody ever talks about Brass Birmingham or Lank. What? Nobody talks about Brass. I always hear about this game, and I don't mean hear about it. I mean I see it. I always see this game. Nobody's ever t- posting pictures. No one's ever talking about it. Uh, I will say this. I did see the Ice Tower just did their top 100 again. And this week, the top 10 came out. Yeah. And, I, and I was inspired by you talking to mm-hmm. me about you watch three with your partner. So I think this week I'm going to sit down with my wife and we're going to watch the top 10 games. And honestly, really, because I just bought Bar- Ark Nova. Spoilers for yeah. people who don't have a Discord. Um, I'm really hoping she'll just see it in there, but really what I'm hoping is she'll see, we'll watch some board game content mm-hmm. and it will inspire her to want to play some board games. Yeah. Really foundations of Rome is my number one. I want to play. Um, but now Ocknover is number two. Uh, yeah. Breast Birmingham. Uh, get, get rid of it, put it in. You know what? I'll even make you a deal. Not you a deal. Our list. Let's just put Brass Birmingham. It's currently number three. Let's just put it at number 300. Easy. Done. <laughs> Um, just so you know, Josh, that uh, top 100 that came out, this is like the other group of four who work at the Dice Tower. So oh, it's that's not okay. Like... I like the B okay. team. I like okay. the B team too. Uh, they actually call themselves the A team. Uh, oh, they're, <laughs> they're wrong. <laughs> so, but just letting you know, I haven't gotten to their top 10 yet. I think I'm only, uh, I've on 50 through 41. That's the video of theirs. I'm well, currently. Yeah, I'll watch their top 10, then I'll go find uh, Tom's top 10. Yeah. Uh, okay, so Josh kicking out Brass Birmingham. Josh, that's a good pick. Uh, this is a game I've always wanted to play, but I, I, i've never personally found someone who likes it yeah uh so i I don't i think that is a good pick it was one it was on my short list but since you go in it i'm gonna go a different way (laughs) um but my pick josh my first pick is still a top 10 game um it's actually number seven and that is gaia project sure now here's why i'm kicking out gaia project i have never played gaia project but i have played terra mystica and what everyone tells me is this is just terra mystica in space so you know what give respect to the game that did it first terra mystica could stay on the list gaia project you're out of here no more of these like, oh, I'm just the other version of this other game. No, you get one game on the list. It's going to be Terra Mystica because it was their first guy project. Get out of here. I like it. Good job. Good job. Thanks. So yeah, then we've I kicked like out two top prices. 10 games. I know. Well, I was about to kick out another one, but I think I'll oh. skip. Oh, you know, I, I mean, hey, let's take out the top 10. I, 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 people would love us. It's great. All right. Get rid of Terraforming Mars. Who the heck needs this game? <laughs> it's a joke. I'm kidding. Okay. That was like, goodness <laughs> gracious. Um, <laughs> I'm, I was also tempted to get rid of Gloomhaven Dress of the Lion because Gloomhaven's already in the top 10. Uh, I do wonder, Josh, genuinely. But the expand, if you- it, just hit, it just hit the steam, so I do want to try the digital version of it. I, I, but I do have a friend, well, my buddy Joe is playing Jaws of the Lion, and he loves it. Well, because what I'm wondering, Josh, is genuinely, if you gave people Gloomhaven and Gloomhaven yeah. Jaws of the Lion and said, okay, you can only play one of these. Sure. <laughs> do you think i think more people might pick jaws of the lion because it's just way easier to set up it's more accessible uh for yeah. sure all right well okay <laughs> joe's I'm not listening saying you need to get rid of one of these it's just yeah joe's listening there uh he's on vacation this week so he might not hear it this week but joe text me uh because he played he's my third second or third in gloomhaven he's our narrator in our gloomhaven game but he's also playing jaws of the lion with his wife separately um so joe sound off on my texts <laughs> not online <laughs> send off on our on, on twitter uh at board of vg let us know uh can you live with just one can you live with gloomhaven over jazz of the line or vice versa or do you need both yeah uh, l- let us know your thoughts 
before I tell you that I'm kicking Twilight Struggle off this stupid list. Really? Twilight Struggle, Why? a garbage game. Uh, <laughs> every time I play it, it makes me hate the Cold War, uh, the card game, and the real war. Uh, I just don't like Twilight Struggle. I think it, it is boring, to be honest. I'm being less jokey. I'm just going to be honest now. Uh, Twilight Struggle, very boring game. Um, I don't like the theme, I think, but that's probably me just not liking war theme games in yeah. general. Like, I do think I wanted a bit of an escape when playing board games, which I mean, I think I tend to avoid um, real world themes. Uh, there's very few games that I can think of that I probably play with a real world setting, uh, but there are some. Uh, I mentioned Chrononauts, certainly, but definitely a different take on real world settings. Um, I just don't like Twilight Struggle. I've tried so many times to play it. I know it's highly rated. Yeah, I get it. I've tried. I've tried. <laughs> I get. I keep. Pl- I've played it. I've played Twilight Struggle more than I played games I like. Dang. Uh, okay. So it's very easy for me to take this game off this list. <laughs> okay. Twilight okay, Struggle. Charlie. Get it out of here, please. So Josh has taken out two in the top twenty. Well, two in the top do, fifteen. I could do bad. I could do more. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. So I'm going to go quite a bit down the list in the top 100 this time. Sure. Uh, and, it, and it might be kind of surprising, but I'm going to go higher next time. Um, and I am going to remove Dominion Intrigue at number 92. Whoa, Look, a Dominion game? Are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm not kidding you. Dominion's great. Dominion Intrigue, basically just like a smaller standalone expansion for Dominion that you don't have to have the base game necessarily to play. Yeah. I, I, I recognize the the affinity we have for dominion i recognize that you know dominion being the first deck builder was something that people really uh embraced and there's that nostalgia factor to it but there are way better deck builders at this point sure they're just are period so i think dominion intrigue is on here purely from a nostalgia factor and i get that i don't want to just be cult of the new right because every new game is going to be theoretically games should just continue to get better and better and better but at this point there's no reason for dominion intrigue to be a top 100 game anymore there are much, much better deck builders, and some of them above this already on the list. This should definitely be further down. Not saying it's a bad game. It's just not a top 100 game. So that's my second pick, Dominion Intrigue. Josh, <laughs> you've been throwing haymakers. Oh, what are you good, getting rid of for your third? I got a great finale for you. Uh, just If you're listening, just don't listen to the socials part. I don't want you to find me online uh, <laughs> after I say this. <laughs> uh, this one... Get it off the list, right? I, I don't even want it ranked. Kingdom Death Monster. Get it out of here. It's inaccessible. Oh, okay. You should, If you're going to have a list of games that are in the top 100, they should be purchasable. They should be playable. You can't even get this game anymore. I, I get it. I get that it has a huge um, dedicated fan base. I understand that. Um, it's, not ex- it's not accessible to people. And... For me personally, the game itself is so crazy. It's like <laughs> it's the souls of board games. Uh, it is intentionally like I feel like obtuse. It's just built to be this tier of games that only certain gamers have, and I don't like that about it. Josh, what do you mean it's inaccessible? I can order this game right now. From kingdomdeath.com for only $420. Yeah, so you know exactly what I mean by inaccessible. (laughs) 
Um, I almost put mechs versus minions as well. Uh, it is, but it's more attainable. Oh, it is. Um, but that even, game actually, I think, was very well priced for what it was. Right, but I don't even know that the prices, and I should probably check, are for new inbox or if they're, yeah, they're secondhand. They're not even like new inbox. So, uh, mechs versus minions also a game that uh, is like uh, suffers from the secondhand market and a game that was underproduced. I like. I understand. Sometimes this happens, and for sure, uh, Max versus Minions. I don't think they, they 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 knew what they had on their hands when it released. Um, I just I, I have no <laughs> patience for Kingdom Death Monster. <laughs> I don't. I love that people love it, but I have I I have no tolerance for it being in the top one hundred. <laughs> Get rid of it. Wow. Top one thousand. There you go. <laughs> top one thousand. That's where it's gonna go. All right. Wow, Josh! I mean, you were—you held nothing back. You just swung hard, uh, <laughs> took out a lot of games. That's that's good. Yeah, um, I can do more. <laughs> you, I have no doubt. Maybe we'll revisit this in the future. Uh, so, Josh has taken out. Goodness gracious! You know the Brass Birmingham at number three. He's taken out Twilight Struggle at number thirteen. And where's Kingdom Death Monster on the list? Fifty something. Uh, Fifty something. 53, okay. 54. 53. So, Josh, you know yeah, he. Get rid of oof, it. Not holding back, not holding back. Good for Max um, versus Minions. It moves up a spot. <laughs> That's perfect. Okay. Uh, so my final pick, and now I have to find it. I lost it. Okay, there we go. Okay. Josh, this is a game that I played and I loved. But Ooh, hold on. <laughs> go ahead. Love. <laughs> love. 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 Uh, but it does not deserve to be in the top 100. And that is Pandemic Legacy season two. Whoa. <laughs> so number one, Pandemic season one is great, right? It took that pandemic that pandemic formula and it made it into a legacy game in a way that kind of checked all the boxes, right? It was anything yeah. you ever wanted it to be. Season two comes along, the sequel kind of builds off of some of the things, but makes some really convoluted decisions, some design choices that don't make a ton of sense. And it, the way it ends is for me was extremely unsatisfying like i just really didn't like the end of the game um playing it was fun i had the joy of playing it with our group was a good time but overall my satisfaction at the end of it was was not great so much so that josh when they made the third one they went to a prequel pandemic legacy season two was so bad that they didn't want to follow it up they wanted to go and do something completely different and make pandemic legacy season zero so while i understand and applaud the the what they did with it overall it is not a top 100 game it is i think there because of the name and the the fact that it's part of like this trilogy of games that you can all play and it's a pandemic game that people love that and it's a legacy game which is all the vogue but it is not a top 100 game so pandemic legacy season two get it out of here Season one, and really all, th- all three of them are in the top 100. They're, all three of those games are not top 100 games, and especially season two, which I think is the worst, even though it's technically ahead of season zero on the top 100. Uh, we're kicking game number 45, Pandemic Legacy season two, out of the top 100. Get it out of here, you stupid game. <laughs> so <laughs> those are our picks for the games in the top 100 that should not be there. Listener, if you are a fan, uh, let us know. What games would you want to get rid of in the top 100 on the Board Game Geek Top 100? Uh, we'd love to hear from you. With that, Josh, what is your next topic, sir? Siphon trophies. Who cares, right? Uh, Siphon Filter will have trophy support when it launches as part of PS1 Classics on PlayStation Plus next month. Now, which version of PlayStation Plus? Who knows? But it'll be there. Um <laughs> It'll be the most, it's the most expensive version. Of course. To play PlayStation 1 games. That's what yes. you need. 
uh, as tweeted by Sunny Ben Studios, the stealth game will include trophies, a game that I think we need a new version of. The best we're getting is trophies for a PlayStation 1 game. Uh, it's, yeah, man. Uh, is this exciting to you as a trophy chaser? Are you going to... Well, I got a few questions for you. Yeah, hit me with them. Um, let's start general. Let's get Siphon Filter out of the cat of this for a minute. Uh, is there any draw to you to subscribe to a higher level of PlayStation Plus so you can get trophies on older games, or is that just kind of like, um, like added benefit to you? Assume I don't even want to assume that you want the older games. So I am fortunate or unfortunate, depending on how you look at it, that uh, before PlayStation blocked uh, sus- subscription stacking, I had PlayStation Now through CRUD 2024, <laughs> November 2024 or something yeah. like that. So like I'm going to have it for a long like I'm going to have the top tier for quite a long time because uh, I think my PS Plus that I had until like December of 2024 or something like that. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to have it for quite a while. Um. I'll be honest, in general, I, I'm someone who doesn't go back to old games. We've talked about that before. Backwards compatibility is not something that is super exciting or something I really care a ton about. But Josh, this story actually is slightly intriguing to me for one very specific reason. I didn't think PlayStation was going to do crap to these games. Agreed. I agree. But apparently you. they're doing something, right? So for me... I'm actually surprised that now there's stories that have been coming out and leaks that have been coming out that like, hey, the games might have improved frame rates. Some like small touches and in, in quality of life improvements might be happening to these yeah. games that are on the service. Um, is that enough to get me to go back and play them? I, I doubt it, but it it is nice to see that they're at least doing something to these games and hopefully something positive that will encourage people to go back. I have no doubts that when ps plus premium launches and siphon filter is on there there is going to be a race from people to be the first person with the siphon filter platinum it's totally going to happen right so the fact that they are finding a way that at least part of the community will be able to engage with these games differently or in a way that they're not before or there are now going to people who probably will play these games that went before because trophy hunting even if it's not a thing you or i necessarily do big time uh, there is a section of the community that's very passionate about that. So giving those gamers a reason to come back or potentially to subscribe at that higher level, you know, I'm glad they're doing something rather than just being like, hey, now you have this game that, you know, from before, like they're actually doing something to try to entice and encourage that experience, which to me, I'm surprised by. I never thought they were going to do anything like that. Yeah. Yep. I hear you. I got to say, I think I like your take. It seems well thought and um intelligent but then we have people like who i appreciate like gene park an actual pretty good game journalist right Mm -hmm. tweeting half of this uh siphon filter thing subtweeting yeah i'm unsubscribing from xbox game pass for the first time ever gotta admit to myself i barely use it and barely have use for it now but i'll be back for now there's no point i don't understand how that's like a from siphon filter to i'm canceling game pass that's just like a different tweet like, I understand, but you also have 87.9 thousand followers. Like, wh- what's I I still don't understand why people have to uh, console wars this stuff. What does this have to do with Game Pass? <laughs> and why? Why is that a tweet that you have to put out? Uh, sorry. Sorry for calling out Gene Park. <laughs> I actually really like him when he guests on How Did This Get Played? Well, uh, OK, so here, here's the funny thing. I 
thought that this was supposed to be like uh like a subtweet like smacking at this is just listen to more the more tweets i thought this was like a reply to oh the, they that. just put it in yeah they just put it inside the thread <laughs> yeah 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 this is more tweets this is a separate okay thing. well sorry gene park yeah. for twitter twitter oh boy people are <laughs> raging at him for saying oh, he's i'm sure yes. game path. oh my gosh i guess that's not Ooh. his fault I guess that's Twitter's fault. Don't put that underneath us. That's because not... I, I was gonna say, like, I know Gene sometimes has some, <laughs> like, occasionally has some like biting comments, but usually they're like sure. pretty it's well about thought out. Ring now. <laughs> right, like th- this. I was like that. That seems like really like it's abrasive for him. Yeah, I yeah. Him. So no, that is just the okay. you know Twitter algorithm doing its thing. All right, Gene, you get a pass. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, but, anyways, I, I I do appreciate that they are adding trophies. For people who really care about that, um, I've recently replayed Siphon Filter. Not replayed, but retried to play Siphon Filter. It's just unplayable. So I'm going to be real curious to see what happens when people start actually trying to get trophies and realizing like bugs are going to prevent them from (laughs) doing certain things. Not that that doesn't happen in current gen games, Um, or that you're just unplayable. so I guess more, you know, more power to the people who want these trophies. Um, I certainly would love, like I started playing Lost Odyssey on Xbox and was getting more trophies. And I was like, whoa, I thought oh. I got all the trophies when I played this the first time. <laughs> Surprise. Um, so that's always nice. Not trophies, but you know what I mean? Achievements. So uh, that's cool. Also, <laughs> this is off topic, but kind of on topic. Um, Donnie has recently been post Donnie from PSVG has recently been posting. Uh, he, of course he's gone back to Far Cry five, mm-hmm. which doesn't surprise me the least, but in fact, I think he's completed it again. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, and he's ins- certainly inspired a few people in our discord to go back to Far Cry five. Um, now myself being included, I have reinstalled it because I do want, I think I decided I'm going to get a thousand gamer, gamer score. score. That's actually more because of, I think it's like 1675. Because mm-hmm. of the expansions, but um, I have reinstalled it to go back because I'm like looking at my achievements that I could get, and I'm like, oh yeah, that's easy. Just get in a plane and shoot down five other planes. How did I not do that <laughs> when I played it first? Or like buy on um, like four more cars, like like a lot of easy stuff. So I think I'm gonna when I do have downtime, I'm gonna jump back into Far Cry Five and and uh, knock that uh, achievement uh, score out. Remind me, Josh, did you ever finish Far Cry Five? Five, five, yes, not okay. six, not six. Okay, yeah, I finished five twice. Oh, uh, PC and Xbox. Dang. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and I'm still waiting on Lucas to continue playing Far Cry Five with me. But uh, like every game, I start playing with Lucas. Uh, <laughs> he eventually gives up on me. <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, okay, Josh. Oh, okay. where is this now? <laughs> I gotta find this really quick. Yeah, man, no worries. Want me to vamp? <laughs> oh no, you're good. You're good. You're good. <clears throat> okay, Josh. Where? Why can I not find this thing? Keep you looking. I'm gonna feed my cat. <laughs> no, you're, 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 okay. you have a choice. You have a choice, yeah. Josh. We can um, do the story that I have, or we can do the story that I have, or we can do a different story that is about Marvel video games. What would you rather do? Ooh. Uh, <laughs> let's do marvel you got it you got it with you yeah let me find this really quick here for you so you can feed your cat if you need to while you're doing this every, I can every day this we out. talk about gearbox i'm just constantly surprised that randy pitchford hasn't been canceled yet 
Oh man, he's like the Uwe Boll of uh, <laughs> video game development. Do you think we see the Borderlands trailer at uh, uh, Summer Games Fest? I think so. Do you, I because you know, I mean, I guess briefly we can talk about this while this up, but yeah. So supposedly Gearbox has nine games in development, Josh. Nine. Mm. Now that could include them publishing some of those games, and not necessarily developing them. But Josh, yeah. what if what what do you want to see from? gearbox next right like we had tiny tina we assume that there's a traditional gear, um borderlands in development yeah. they've said that tiny tina is going to kind of continue based off how successful it was uh but that's a lot of other stuff like what else would you want to see from gearbox like outside of that world or do you want them to stay just completely in that world well when i think about gearbox like so their other big game currently is uh homeworlds and that's a game they bought they, it's not even like a gearbox game uh i would like to see them do something different than borderlands um you know, we had they had Aliens Colonial Marines, and while that game was like universally panned, there's also like a very dedicated fan base of a game that I haven't played, so I don't have an opinion on it. Um, but I know when it was coming out, I was excited for it. Um, I would like to see them do something different uh, out of their wheelhouse, surprising even. Like, uh, can you Im- can you even believe this is a Gearbox game? Like, I would like to see something like that. Uh, and they have that in them. They have a lot of people working for them. They've been in the board game and that uh, board game. They've been the, in the video game industry forever. So like, right. They can do it, but uh, I would just like to see something that isn't Borderlands. I, in fact, I don't even want a shooter. I want something different from them. Yeah. I, I kind of want them to do something different too. Like I think Borderlands and Tiny Teen, if they continue that, like that's, a, that's cool things, but I would really love to see them do something completely different. Yeah. Um, non-shooter focused and just try well, and I guess I, I mean maybe Tales from the Borderlands is one of those games as well because they did announce that they're sure. the ones working on that. Um, but do get outside the Borderlands universe and, and explore other stuff. I think that would be most what I would want them to do. Even though I've played like all the Borderlands games and finished, they're most of they're them. great if you can like I I just have Borderlands fatigue. I think yeah, which is why I still can't get back into Tantinas. Like as much as I liked it, I'm like I get it. How many yeah. more like of these guns am I going to get? <laughs> right. No, I hear you. Okay, Josh, so this is something that um, I wanted to bring up. This was uh, posted earlier today, but it's actually from a uh, the Ultimate History of Video Games book, Volume 2, which was published last year. Yeah. Um, but I've never really heard, seen anybody talk about this. Um, but basically what it says is that it's the early history of Marvel games. Mm-hmm. Um, and it basically talks about how um, Marvel reached out to both Xbox and PlayStation about video game sponsorships or, or collaborations and Microsoft passed on that. Yeah. Um, and so they, and that's how the relationship with Sony started. They actually went back to Activision because PlayStation was like, we're, we're really interested in Spider-Man. So they went back to Activision to like work out something to end the rights with Activision early so that PlayStation could work on the play, the, what became, you know, Spider-Man Yeah, and all that good stuff. Long, long over whatever. Here's my question for you, Josh. If Xbox had said yes, yeah what would xbox games look like today and the reason they said no is that um microsoft said that what they would like to do is they wanted their strategy was to focus on their own ip yeah that's what they said they wanted to do totally fine understandable but josh if they had said yes yeah what do you think marvel games on xbox would look like right now well, it's interesting because like I can I can understand why Marvel said no. I mean why sure. Xbox said no. Yeah. I can I could even understand why Sony would say no. Look at those games that Activision put out. Yeah, like no kidding, we, right? We make we made jokes about them for twenty years because they were just like gross licensed games that didn't evolve the characters at all. In fact, it was just 
these money grabs. And I'm sure if you just ever watch a documentary about uh, the making of a Marvel film, you understand Marvel's control of everything. And how and I always wonder like how like uh how how stressful that must be to try to make any property around a property that Marvel controls. It's not just Marvel who's like this. Um Disney in general is like this. But when they have control over your IP and they don't want you to do certain things like it's probably more of a headache for anybody than anything else. Right. Um but yeah, I mean what a what an interesting question to try to imagine. I guess essentially imagine Xbox where Sony is now. Uh, really, what I think is it would just fill that hole that we're lacking with Microsoft for first-person uh, adventure games. Mm-hmm. Like Sony would be fine; they'd still have Uncharted and uh, the others, <laughs> Last of Us, <laughs> um, Days Gone, all these games like that. It's like Sony's bread and butter. And and they got lucky to just kind of fold in Marvel, and now they got Logan and Spider Man. Um, you know, I don't think like what's the big deal with Xbox? Right, is they're trying to grow their Western market, and that's it. Finally, is happening. Mm-hmm. Um, this quarter, I think, was the first time they had well, this, maybe not quarter month was it month or quarter? They just reported higher sales for an Xbox Series S than PlayStation Five consoles in Japan. Oh, in Japan. Which is huge for them, right? So, like, yeah. that's their market, right? The mar- Xbox wants that the 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 Japan, the Western market. They want Japan. Was would them be getting Marvel change that? No, I don't think so. So, I, I don't know how much of a big change, like versus like X, like Microsoft versus Sony would go, but um, it would. I mean, of course, it would drive more console sales, right? But what what would even a spider-man game look like on xbox <laughs> like, well it wouldn't necessarily have to be spider-man then for them right like do you think like like because i'm trying to think of like what would be if you were to like to make a, an xbox first party marvel game it would like, be ultimate alliance would it would be ultimate alliance it wouldn't okay. be a single it wouldn't be a single character game it would be ultimate right. alliance it would actually be uh the ultimate alliance game i wanted from ultimate alliance 3 like I played Ultimate Alliance 1 and 2 on Xbox. It, and right. it was incredible on Xbox. It was so good. Um, I loved playing those games. Uh, and I just happened to have a regular Xbox at the time. If I had a PlayStation 2, I would have played it on PlayStation 2. Um, but that's what it would be. It would be a new Ultimate Alliance. Uh, I I have to imagine. And if like Xbox was going to get crazy and try to develop a game off of an IP that isn't Spider-Man or Wolverine from the Marvel universe. I don't know. Maybe they just go X-Men in general, or we could get a Venom game. Uh, but if we're sticking with the more adult Xbox games, like Deadpool makes the most sense, but right. Deadpool got his own game too. And I, that was, I'm pretty sure that was cross platform. It was probably horrible. <laughs> <laughs> So just a few little tidbits from this that I think are, are pretty um, interesting. Uh, so from this book, it says that hired as Marvel's vice president on ga- of games on May 14th, Jay Ong's first challenge was to discover why Marvel's box office success hadn't translated to games. <laughs> oh, so I that's can like, answer you know, that question. <laughs> right, right. So uh, it goes on like later in it. It talks about being from console first party in my past. I think both sides, both Xbox and PlayStation said, we don't have any big console deals with anyone right now. What would you like to do? Microsoft's strategy was to focus on their own IP. They passed. 
I sat down with these two execs from PlayStation third party, Adam Boys and John Drake, neither of which are at PlayStation anymore. Uh, John Drake <laughs> actually works for Disney now. Um, in August 2014, in a conference room in Burbank, I said, we have a dream that and this is what I think is impressive. We have a dream that this is possible, that we could beat Arkham and have one game at least and maybe multiple games that could drive adoption on your platform. Like from day one, he was like, no, our game is going to be as good as Arkham. And that's a great that's that's a great aspiration. Like yeah. you pick the best like comic adaptation of a game to yeah. on the beat. Yeah, uh, which I thought was like, you know, that was where the vision was right away. So then, then they're like, let's take the combat, and just steal it right from Arkham and now we'll it, beat it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, hey, it worked, you know. Yeah. Um, and then it talks about um, ending the deal early with Activision. It says Marvel decided to approach Activision about terminating the contract early. As they negotiated the request, Ong explained that Spider-Man needed new talent, a bigger budget and fresh eyes. <laughs> we finally negotiated a deal for them to walk away. It was yeah. mu- it was a mutually beneficial deal. When we shook hands on it, they asked, quote, so what are you going to do with this IP after you got it, get it back? Unquote. I said, I'm going to find a better home for it. Oof. They replied, quote, good luck finding your unicorn, unquote. Uh, so <laughs> this guy comes into Activision. He's like, you guys suck at <laughs> yep. making this game. And then they were like, uh, you suck, actually. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, so I like I said, I, I totally get why Microsoft did what they did. Um, it, honestly, I, I don't think it was the wrong decision necessary for them by any means either to, to pass and, and really no, focus on their No, with IP. the landscape of games at the time, that was the yeah. right decision. Yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah, and we still were pretty much, you know, in a time where, like, third party or, like, licensed games weren't typically super great, right? Like, there was a few exceptions to it, but that was still kind of the, you know, crappy licensed game time so uh, i just wonder you know had they had microsoft said yes like what would their what would it look like that's just i just thought that was an interesting thing to think about yeah so awesome all right so we'll move on towards wrapping the show up obviously we give each other homework every two weeks um and we you know report back on how it's gone uh two weeks ago i saw josh to play trek tiomi which he has successfully done and he receives an a plus uh, josh assigned me to play blood hunt which i have successfully not done and i receive a big f um, so that's unfortunate. But with that, Josh, you know, I am resolute. I'm actually starting classes again here soon. So I probably have to get good at doing homework. Yeah. again. Uh, so, Josh, uh, what is my homework for two weeks from now? I don't know. You know, I was really thinking about what to give you. And I want you to do. OK, I want you to play a either a video game or a board game that will make uh-huh. you happy that you haven't gotten to yet that nobody is telling you to play play while i'm technically telling you to do it (laughs) that makes me happy that i haven't played yeah get it it out of your backlog played that no one is telling me to but you are right now my cat has literally decided to uh walk across my wife's desk walk across my desk sit in front of me and lay down in front of my monitor (laughs) well that sounds perfect that yeah. sounds. That's the first time she's done that. Oh man, she needs some attention. Right, what's my homework, want... Kyle? Uh, Josh, your homework. It's um not too bad. Uh, it's something that's <laughs> not going to cost you anything. Yeah. Um, which is always nice, right? Uh, but you're not going to be able to start it immediately. But you'll be able to start it soon, if that's okay. Sure. <laughs> okay. Uh, you have to play Sniper Elite Five when it comes to games. Oh, it's in my. Uh, it's in my. Um, Fantasy Critic League. It's one of my picks. Well, now not only do you get to have it as your pick, you have to play it. 
And like I said, yeah. I think it comes out this week. So it comes out this week. I do know that for a fact. So there you go. Perfect. So I really I wish Bug Snacks expansion would get some reviews so I can get some <laughs> points for it, though. <laughs> so there you go. Josh needs to play Sniper Elite 5. I have to play a game that makes me happy that no one's telling me to, other than Josh telling me to right now. With that, Josh, do we have any questions this week or any emails? Oh, shoot. How underprepared am I? I think Paulson doesn't. Uh, an email. What's the date? Yeah, he must have, right? It's he just says, today, Josh. Hey, what's up, everyone? Life is great. I'm glad to hear yeah. that, Paul. Uh, yeah, he says, Josh, getting that sweet 6 a.m. to 5 p.m. shift. Apparently, I've been complaining about it for two weeks. <laughs> so uh, let's see if I continue the trend next week. Uh, he doesn't drink much. We talked about beer last week. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Paul picks Coors Light or Coors oh, in general. Oh, no, that's I just, fine. That's I don't approve enjoy. of either of those choices. He just says that's Coors. That's what you enjoy. That's fine. Uh, he finished Lego Skywalker Saga. Congratulations. That's awesome. he, doesn't, he doesn't know what to play next. We have a recommendation for Paul. What should Paul play next? <sighs> he has Game well, Pass, I think. Well, that's tough because I don't know what he has access to. So, Paul, hey, let us Paul, know. If you have Game Pass, play Tunic. Uh, there's my recommendation. There you go. <laughs> uh Board game cookbooks are crazy. He has a Bob's Burgers recipe book. I was very excited to see, uh, because of how hot it was today, I was considering taking my son to the movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was trying to see what's playing. Sonic 2 is playing, but it's hitting Paramount Plus this week. So I was oh, like, I'm yeah, not yeah. going to pay money. I'll just watch it at home. And then I saw the Bad Guys, the animated Bad Guys movie was playing. Oh, yes. But today, when I checked, there was a special advanced screening of Bob's Burgers. Ooh. We didn't go because it was at 6 p.m., but mm. I'm excited for that movie to come out. He also caught on, caught on my, to my um, uh, Knights of the Old Republic reference, which was my favorite droid, who was HK47. He says is the best droid ever. Okay. Uh, he also has Gotham Knights. He wants it to be better than Arkham Knight. It's not going to be, Paul, uh, but the gameplay looks old. You're right. It does look recycled, I will say. And then he says another great show, gentlemen. So thank you, Paul, for the compliment. And that's all of our tweets, emails, etc. Excellent. Well, with that, then we're going to move on to our recommendations for a well-rounded life. Obviously, we're a gaming podcast, but we want to give you one other thing we're currently into that's helping us live that balanced life. Josh, what is your recommendation this week? Hey, I went back and forth and back and forth. I was going to talk more about Halo, which I still haven't talked about. Um, it has wrapped. The series has wrapped for Halo. Maybe I'll talk about it next week. Who knows? Um, I'll say this. The Halo series finale was wild. <laughs> they made a lot of crazy decisions, uh, which didn't necessarily line up with the rest of the show. Oh, so, uh, I, I mean, <laughs> we'll talk about that, uh, later. Uh, my suggestion was something I wasn't sure I was going to be able to suggest, but I'm happy to say this is a very good film, and it is Chippendale's Rescue Rangers on Disney+. Plus. I thought it was a TV series at first. I now know it is a film. <laughs> uh, it is directed by Akiva, part of the three members of Lonely Island. Uh, so if that helps you set comedy tone, there you go. Um, it is just chock full of nostalgia. It uh, has so many jokes. It is a well-paced film. It has um, a great story. I will say it took me a while to get used to John Mulaney and Andy Samberg as the voices of Chip and Dale. However, they did something pretty smart, I think, where they 
they kept Chippendale's voices for certain parts, which was like them um, really focusing on, hey, by the way, we're actors who played Chippendale. Like Chippendale are actual themselves mm-hmm. who start in a TV show. Oh, so okay. They had moments where they did the voices, the high pitched chipmunk voices, right. but they're actors. Gotcha. Okay. And that's what Chippendale's Rescue Rangers was. It was a, it wasn't a documentary series about the Rescue Rangers. It was a TV show, just like Saved by the Bell was. Okay. Uh, so it's pretty interesting. I really enjoyed it. Um, there's some pretty fun cameos. Ugly Sonic is in it, uh, voiced by Tim oh, Robinson. Of yeah. I think you should leave. Um, I, if only they could get Ben Schwartz, that would have been funnier. Um, but yeah, check out Chippendale's Rescue Rangers on Disney Plus, especially if you watch that show as a kid. It's I have uh, a lot of people I know have said that they really, really like that movie, uh, and a couple of people I know who said that they absolutely hated it. Like, uh, sure, I, I guess if you don't like Disney, you would hate this movie. <laughs> yeah, so but I've heard great things about it. I definitely want to watch it. Uh, okay, Josh, my recommendation this week. We're getting into the summer, right? It's getting warm out. Josh talked about how hot it is where he yeah. is. You know, so no matter where you are, if you're in the United States, it's kind of grilling season, right? Time to be busting out the grill, yeah. grilling things up. Here's my encouragement to all of you. Number one, if you're making burgers, hot dogs, things like that, uh, grill your buns, number one. Make sure you're doing that because that's very important. Make sure you're grilling your buns. Second thing. <laughs> Don't grill your buns. That's a crazy, <laughs> crazy recommendation. <laughs> the buns you put your food on, not your buns buns. Don't, gr- um, bun- don't grill the buns you put your food on. What are you talking? Do you not grill your buns, Josh? Heck no. Um, do you also get your subs grilled? Well, sometimes. Depends on the sub. Don't do that to yourself. Josh, why do you not grill your buns, Josh? They stand up so much better to all the toppings and the juices. No, don't. Yes, they do. You to absorb the, t- the juices they're gonna like josh they're gonna Listen, like you, this is how this podcast ends i know you want that you <laughs> want them to sustain through the eating yes they're gonna absorb some but you don't want them to like disintegrate no, That's what eat faster don't don't grill your buns people grill don't your buns people <laughs> anyway and the second thing <laughs> is when you're making burgers you're making brats you're making hot dogs whatever making chicken sandwiches whatever it might be you know Make a nice little special sauce to put on those burgers. You know, I'm like so maybe glad like, I'm not mad at you for what you're about. Yeah, I was like, he's going to say something. I'm going to be mad about. Well, what also. Do you, no, <laughs> I don't. Just make something a little special. You know, um, it doesn't have to be super complicated, but you know, like a little mixture of some barbecue sauce and mayo, and some garlic, delicious little sauces that you can make. Find the one that speaks true to your heart. It only takes a couple minutes, but really can kind of elevate the burgers and things that you do um, and all of that stuff. And there's a good sauce for almost every type of grilled meat um, that you're going to be putting on bread to make a sandwich of some sort. Um, after you have grilled your bun, it will stand up well to that created sauce. Um, so make sure you are doing that. Take some time. There's a ton of them out there. But like I said, it just kind of takes things to the next level. It makes you feel a little special. Um, so make sure you're making those special sauces when you're grilling this summer. Or don't. So with that, Josh, what do you say we wrap this show up? <laughs> Let's do it. Thanks for joining us, everyone. In addition to finding us on Twitter and Instagram at Board with Fiji, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Board with Fiji. So feel free to give us a five-star rating over there. Hey, I, I just posted my Horizon Zero Dawn Lego completion. Get over there and give me a, a like or something. Come on. Uh, it was a nice, fun build. Uh, also, if you had to communicate in the more long form or you're not feeling social media, please feel free to email us at boardwithfiji at gmail.com. 
We tag our stuff with hashtag Border3G. So please use that hashtag as well on all of the social medias and whatever podcast service you're listening to us on. We encourage you to give us a stellar rating. That is, whether you're downloading us from the Dice Tower Network feed or our very own standalone board with video games feed. You can find me on Xbox Live, PlayStation Network, Steam, Twitch, uh, others at Why So Serious. That's S-I-R-R-I-U-S. Kyle, where can people find you? Josh, do you really never like toast your bread or anything like that? <laughs> like never? On the grill? No. But like in a pan even sometimes? No. I have grilled cheese, oh. yes. Okay, anyway. <laughs> grilled so cheese, I do. You can find all the usual places, Twitter, Instagram. The straw that Network, broke the back. <laughs> Xbox Live and Board Game Geek. All at Psychocross, C-Y-C-O-C-R-O-S-S. As always, if you have suggestions for future topics, be sure to reach out to us on the social media because we want to talk about what you want to hear about. And remember, everyone, grill your bread, and whether it be board games or video games, never stop gaming. What will happen next? Sounds like Rost. I just wanted to uh, send you a little message. I believe you've known each other for quite some time, but you've never met in person. Well, as an outsider, I understand that. But keep training. Keep focused on each other. Have each other's backs. And keep broadcasting that podcast. You're doing God's work. All right, guys, take care of yourselves. Best of luck, Rost.